What's in store for your business this week at Staples? Cases and cases of confidence. Staples can help give you the confidence that your business is ready for the year ahead with all the supplies you need. Like paper. And right now, when you buy a 10-ream case of Staples multipurpose paper, you get one free. So you can be confident you're ready for whatever business comes your way. Buy one case of Staples multipurpose paper, get one free. Now at Staples, where there's a whole lot in store. In-store only, limit 10. Valid through 1519. Thanks for tuning in to the hottest talk radio show around. Providing an open discussion for some of the most important social issues and trending topics today. From personal growth or spirituality to sex and relationships, no subject is ever taboo. So prepare to be empowered, enlightened, and entertained during another episode of the award-winning Let's Face It with Will Strayhorn and Friends. Real people, real topics, real talk. What's up? Welcome to Let's Face It with Will Strayhorn and Friends. It is Wednesday, April the 5th. It's already the 5th of April. I'm in the studio with my girl, Paula B. Hey, babe. Hey, what's up? How you doing, boo? I'm doing really well. How are you? I'm doing great. It's hump day. Hump day. Hump day. It's the midweek yes. showdown. I'm excited. Are you excited? Absolutely. I don't know why I'm not that excited. It's like, it's not, you know what, people, graduation is coming up. I I'm know. Like, what? I think today's the fifth. Right. So tomorrow will be one month. One month. Everybody keeps asking, you're excited? I'm not excited. I'm I'm totally excited. I don't know why I am not excited. I should be excited. It took me what thirty years to get here. You should be like super excited. But you said something last week. You was like, nothing seems to excite you. I know. I don't know why. I get excited about everything. Yeah, you get excited when you see rain. You're like, oh my god, it's raining. I know. I get super (laughs) excited. I don't, because I don't know why I'm an extrovert. I guess I get excited about everything. I told you I took that Myers Briggs test and found a lot. about myself what is that it's this test it's this um it's like a personality test uh-huh. um we did it for our jobs to um find your personality for leadership type? To, yeah oh, personality okay. type to see how we can better work together uh-huh. and um i found a lot about myself which it was so true that i i'm very excited uh-huh. um i get very excited about everything you do um, that um, and you know when I first met you, yes. what you just said we've been friends for two years. Two years. When I first met you, I thought you, I thought it was fake. You I did. Was like, I was like, it's impossible for somebody to wake up like this because throughout, you know, we met when we were going to MC the event right. um, um, in DC, mm-hmm. and you were just like hype, hype, hype. I was like, it's not gonna last all night. It lasted all, all night. night. I've always been that way. I, you know, I'm the type of person that I never meet a stranger. Uh-huh, right. And sometimes that is, which I found, is um, not always good. Okay. You know what I mm-hmm. mean? But the thing of it is because I love people so much. Yeah, and yeah. they excite me. Uh-huh. And, um, I'm, you know, I'm just in love with love. It's a universal language yeah. for me. It's unconditional. So I enjoy being around lots of people uh-huh. and making new friends and finding out new things about people and um were you like that as a child i was okay i was my dad always said that um it's four of us Uh and um he said out of all my kids you are the one that because i always go 
for the I'm the bleeding heart. My yeah. my girlfriend Susan, and she's probably listening. Uh-huh. Um, I call her Maria. She's like, um, and in my um, Myers Briggs, it says that I'm a I'm a feeler. So I'm a bleeding heart. So my dad. What does that mean? You're a that touchy means, person. Or yeah, I'm a touchy okay. person, and I. Um, so you're not a handshaker. You're a hugger. Yeah, I'm a hugger. Okay. I'm definitely a hugger. But mm-hmm. you know, I. I um. When people tell me a story, you know, I, I'm I'm sensitive to it because I'm very sensitive, and I will. Um, I guess my dad say fall for it because mm-hmm. he's like out of all four of my kids. If a guy came in and told you that he had to sell all these encyclopedias, I'll never. They don't even make encyclopedias anymore, so you know how old the story is. If he told you he had to get rid of all these encyclopedias to feed his family, mm-hmm. out of all my kids, you'll be the one to give him all your money yeah. because you feel so You're bad. You're a giving person. You are. That that's to a, sometimes that's not a good to thing. To a fault. To a you fault. And with you saying that, so we have. Well, you have a. We have a very. Um, a special event coming up on Saturday. Yes. Just tell her, we've been talking about it for a while. Tell everybody what's yes, finally coming to fruition. Yes, it's called the Celebrity Chef Throwdown. Yes. And we're really excited about it. Um, it is the going to benefit the food bank. The food bank. Um, mm-hmm. And it's from 12 to 4. It's an outdoor event. Mm-hmm. Um, it has been um, an amazing ride, a learning experience yeah. for me. Mm-hmm. I, I learned an awful lot. Mm-hmm. Um this helped me grow a lot, you yeah. know what I mean? And I have to definitely thank um, Shannon Gibson from uh-huh. Charmacy Events. She did an amazing job right. um, just taking the ball and running with it. Um, Kevin and Chevette Jones, you know, opened up their home. They've done beautiful so, home. Right, beautiful If you have not home. gotten your tickets, right. you need to get your tickets you just get for it, that alone. Just for that. Yeah. They have... Um, been amazing yeah. you know very yeah. very good and very nice and very generous i can't a thousand thank yous uh-huh. will never be enough yeah. you know what i mean um and in that um i've learned from her as well mm-hmm. you know what i mean life lessons are hard right but they're good mm-hmm. and um and experience are good whether they be good or bad you know what i mean but it helped me grow it mm-hmm. helped me understand it toughened me up a little bit mm-hmm. you know what i mean because sometimes when things don't go the way that I think that I yeah. want them to go. Sometimes I will, especially when you're collaborating with a lot of people, right? Um, try and, and there's a vision you want to make sure right. that everybody's on the same accord with right. that vision. And, and then you have sometimes I don't know if this with your situation. Mm-hmm. I know me, with me planning things. Sometimes you have a lot of chiefs and you don't have a lot of enough Indians, people. right? Yeah. That happens, but it didn't happen in this particular uh-huh. event. You know what I mean? Because you know everybody worked really well together. Mm-hmm. It's just that. Um, I just learned a lot, you know yeah. what I mean? And I can I have to say thank you for that as well, mm-hmm. you know, because sometimes now don't get it twisted cuz I can I could come come with it if I have to, uh, you yeah. know what I mean? I remember. Yeah, I, I can, remember. but the thing of it is is that um I've learned to have a little tougher skin, you yeah. know what I mean? Okay. But the thing of it is is that because I was pushed forward, mm-hmm. you know, cuz I believe in forward movement, um it was a good thing for me That's because good. sometimes if you retreat you know what I mean? You won't get what God has for you. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And sometimes that test is hard. You yes. know what I mean? But when you have people surrounding you that that love you and encourage mm-hmm. you and and tell you that you can do it, don't mm-hmm. let this beat you or mm-hmm. defeat you, um, it makes it all the yeah. better. You know, my mom is is amazing. Your mom? I, I finally get a chance to yes, meet your mom. Yes, yes. Excited about that. Yes, I am too. Yeah. And she's looking forward to meeting everybody, especially you. That's great. That's yeah. great. That's great. So, 
A lot going on. A lot going. We're going to talk about, you know, we have another guest coming to the studio a little later. Um, the co-host with us, Mr. Nathan Whitfield. Yeah, I can't No wait. stranger to the show. Yes, I can't wait for talk him to about, get here. I talk about it all the time. I um, know. Leave <laughs> But, um, yeah, we're gonna, we have some good conversation, some good dialogue um, today. But, you know, what? I, want, I was reading over some things about... Um, you know, when I was in high school, I had a girlfriend in high school who um, I was, I think we dated for like two years. Um, and I used to write notes. That was back before text and all that stuff. I used to write notes, pass it in the hallway. Um, and I used to always do the little thing for true love always. It was a T, then you take the bottom of the T, make it into an L, uh-huh. and then make the T L A. Oh, yes, L- yes. T-L-A. Yes. So I was thinking about, you know, true love always. Does love really, really, really last? Because do you think it lasts? Because I was looking, you know, Patti LaBelle and her husband were married for three decades, 30 years. And then all of a sudden they, they got a divorce. Same thing with, you know, Arnold and Maria uh, Schwarzenegger. Yeah. They were married almost 30 years and then got a divorce. So I want to know, do you think true love lasts always? Or do you think people, some people just get to the point where they're like, you know, it's been this long? You know, you might as well stick it out. Yeah, well, yeah, a lot of people do that. You might as well go the rest of the way. Yeah. You know, I, well, you know, I, I totally believe in love and unconditional yeah. love. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm a hanging there with you from A to Z. Right. You understand? But that's just me. Uh-huh. But, you know, at times in a relationship, and I had to learn, I mean, I don't live in a la-la fairy tale world. Right. But the thing of it is, is that, you know, things happen. You know what I mean? You grow, you change, you know, you find yourself. And sometimes in a relationship when you you find yourself, um, it does make you want to go out and explore a little bit. You know what I mean? Because you have been giving of yourself for so long. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And just like the lady that we were talking to, I think it was a couple of weeks ago, mm-hmm. um, when... Um, you don't feel as though that you're you're free in your relationship. Yeah. You understand what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I think that if you're really committed, and again, you know, my big thing is having forgiveness. Um, that's a big part of it because we can be so unforgiving. But we'll always want to be forgive, though. So, okay, so I'm looking for this the lyrics to this song because I, I've been thinking about this for, like, this whole week. And I actually, I'm a part of a group on Facebook called DMV Social. Um, and I had posted the lyrics to the song that Chris Brown has called um, Say Goodbye. And basically, he's involved with this girl, and he's just like, you know, everything's going pretty good or whatever. And he says that, um, he says, baby, come here and sit down. Let's talk. Um, so I guess I'll start by saying that I love you, but you know this thing ain't been a walk in the park for us. Like you were saying, you stick it out, girl, right? Right. Um, I swear it'll only take a minute. You'll understand when I finish. Yeah, I don't want to see you cry. But I don't want to be the one to tell you a lie. So how do you let go when when you, you just don't know what's on the other side of the door? When you're walking out, talk about it, and everything I tried to remember to say just went out my head, blah, 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 blah. Basically telling her that um, there's no right time to say goodbye, but I got to make the first move because if I don't, you'll start hating me because I really don't feel the way I used to. He says, girls, it's not you, it's me, blah, 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 blah. So what do you not feel a sense of obligations? Because I, I don't know. I think Patty, if I'm, if I'm recollecting it right, I think Patty said that she was the one who, like you said, things change. She noticed things change. Right. After 30 years of being with somebody, you don't feel a certain obligation to that other person? They've given up 30 years of their life. Life, yeah. 
That's why. Not to say that you should say, oh, well, I just need to give up. My, I just don't know what to do in that situation. What do you do when you've been with somebody for that long and then all of a sudden you change? Right. You decide, okay, I'm going to change. Like with Chris Brown, you know, he was just like, I don't, now I'm wondering what's on the other side of that door when perhaps his girl has given him his everything. But when you go on the other side, you better be prepared because you end up, it's you know, the 80-20 rule. You know what I mean? You're yeah. going to leave your 80 for that 20. You know what I mean? I mean it you might not be what you thought it right, was. Right. You can't double up on it. Right. You, you understand what yeah. I mean? So it's a gamble if that's something that you want to do. Uh-huh. But, you know, again, when you make a commitment, uh-huh. I mean, of of love and said that we're going to be together, we're going to ride or die out. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, we're going to hang in there no matter what. I think that I think that it's possible because there's people that have been married. I met 60, 70 years. They've been through a whole lot of stuff, mm-hmm. infidelity, all kinds of stuff, but they hung in there. So I think that it can be done, but I don't know. To, in today's society, you know, the D word, which I call divorce, is so easy. It's like buying shoes. People, you know, use divorce as a as a way out easily when at one time, you know, they won't even think about it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Nobody. Are, di- are divorces easier to get now? I think they're very easy to get. I remember it used to be like a long, it was a long thing. I think it was designed so that you could have, you would have time to calm down. Right. Cause here, <laughs> yeah, you <laughs> yeah. do need time to yeah. calm down. In Virginia, you have to be separated for six months, I believe. Okay. And then you can get a divorce. Cause within that time, they'll give you, like you said, they'll give you time to calm down, mm-hmm. to, think about it to reconcile if that's something that you want to do mm-hmm. but um that's something that i never believed in is divorce, divorce you right. know i mean my but you know my mom got divorced my aunt my uncle got divorced you know my nana and my grandfather they stayed together forever and you know my nana went through a lot with my grandfather mm-hmm. you know what i mean but she hung in there with him but you know that doesn't happen today because it's easy to be like i'm out you know you're getting on my nerves i'm tired of you i'm frustrated i had enough you know, I'm out, mm-hmm. you know, and people say it all the time. I don't have to put up with this. I'm out. Are, so, do, are there ever times when you think divorce is the option? Well, they, they, they're they doing it. I mean, they even, even pastors are getting divorced. Yeah. My That's church the- actually has a class. <laughs> My church has a class. Now they're doing don't go, don't journey a divorce alone. There is help. And it's a class to help you cope. But you shouldn't even be doing that because you're supposed to, in the Bible, you're supposed to be telling them how to stay together. You shouldn't even be talking about that. You see, because you have married, people are getting married under the union of God, and it said, for better, for worse, for sickness and health, and forsaking all others. Mm -hmm. So when does that come into play? That's that's what the system needs to know. What do you do? We're going to welcome to the studio also Mr. Nathan Whitfield. He's here. What's up? We're going to dock his check. Yeah. But, um... Mel B. from the Spice Girls, she's in the news lately because she just came out that her husband of whatever many years, um, he's been beating her, basically. And she had pictures and everything. He's contesting it. But they were saying they had pictures of when she used to come on show and he used to force her to have, like, threesomes. And Mm -hmm. he said that I think he threatened her that if she went forward with it, he was going to release the sex tapes or whatever. Mm -hmm. But she did it anyway. Um, You don't think those are – you think she should stay in that, that marriage? No. Now, if it's an abusive situation, no, I don't think so. Absolutely not. Because, you know, you're being harmed. You could get killed. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Absolutely not. I mean, but if he decided to go get help and, you know what I mean, and redeemed himself and proved himself and she had that unconditional love for him, him, I'm Mm -hmm. sure that 
she probably would take him back, you know, but that's a lot to come from. Mm. And, um, but there are women out there that have um, sold into their men, their man like that and hung in there with them. And it, their relationship turned around to a very healthy relationship. Mm. So it can be done. It just depends. <sighs> All right. Welcome to the show, Mr. Whitfield. Oh, let me see. Is this thing going? Go ahead. Is this thing going? <laughs> yeah. Welcome. What's well, up? So I see y'all talking about love. Yeah, we're going to yes, go ahead on to the next question. Word. Oh, no. <laughs> let's let's, let's, let's <laughs> stay oh, here Lord. for a few minutes. Here we go. Because there are more, there is more than one type of abuse. Um, not just physical abuse, but... Sexual abuse. Sexual abuse. Mm-hmm. Spiritual abuse. Spiritual abuse. That's right. We're going to go to the next question. About, I'm talking about in a relationship. <laughs> you go. can have those in relationships. Yeah, you yes. sure can. Spiritual. And, and so... And then sometimes some people can agree that sometimes what you needed at one age you don't need at a certain age. What do you mean by that? Yeah, I don't that doesn't make sense at all. <laughs> what you needed when you was fourteen <laughs> you don't need once you're hundred and fourteen. Yeah, because at fourteen all you doing is thinking about exactly. knocking boots. Right. So then once you grow up and realize there's more to it and you done married the wrong person, so you should just stay there. But here's my here's my deal. Mm-hmm. This is what I don't get. Now you're dating somebody for a year, two years, three mm-hmm. years, mm-hmm. sixteen okay? years. Go ahead. I don't, it could be sixteen. Yes, I wouldn't care. Mm-hmm. But if it's more than three, and then you get married and you have this um, epiphany, like yo, I don't marry the whole wrong person. In the first year, you should know if that's the right person. No, for you that's because, not true. Because doing the first year, who's gonna do year, the dog and pony show for a whole year? See, I don't. People do, do I don't that. Like people doing the dog date and pony when they show. go through that dating stage. They're showing. They're putting their best foot forward. Yeah, the and first you six should months. Put your best foot forward, but most people put their best foot forward during that time. So you don't really get to see the real person. So maybe you move in with them. Mm-hmm. Um, that's mm-hmm. that's why Maya Angelou said, "When someone shows you who they are, believe them the first time." The first time. Eesh, well, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. I tell you because <laughs> once you believe them the first time, uh-huh, right? Then you don't have to go through so many. Okay, so yeah, but we are a people of um, second I'm just and third chance. Who are. would say something like that? I don't understand what you're saying. You are, yeah, because yeah. that don't mean that you're not um, not willing to give someone a second or a third chance if that's what you're willing to do. Everybody's not willing to do that. So, but here, this is what we, me and Will, Will and I were talking about uh-huh. before you even got here, before these mics turned on. Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Go ahead. So, what I'm saying is that. Because Will does a lot of talking with the mics <laughs> off. Uh-huh. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Since go ahead. the mic so, is on. <laughs> so. Let me put my. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead. So, what I was saying is uh-huh. that people want you to accept them for who they are. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's okay? true. And they, if they do something to you, they want you to forgive them. Mm-hmm. But in the same token, they may not accept you for who you are and not as forgiving. And okay. I don't think as though that is fair because if anybody, if you want to be for everybody wants to be forgiven. Okay. And if people say, I don't, I, it doesn't matter to me, da, 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 I, I, you know, I have a hard time. I'm not saying it's not true, but I have a very difficult time believing that because we all do stuff mm-hmm. and none of us are perfect. So that's why you always have to check the man in the mirror first. Okay. And I too, because I'm far from perfect. Trust and believe you. And me. I appreciate and, your honesty. Right. And um, 
and always will say I'm sorry or apologize, mm-hmm. you know, if I've done something wrong. You know, I don't mind doing that at all. But there's, I don't understand, like you said, how somebody can live with somebody. Because there's people that have been living together for like 10 years, get mm-hmm. married, and six months later, you're divorced. I don't get that. I mean, you don't smell the people, breath, boo-boo, everything <laughs> else, you know what I mean? Watch them gain weight, all kinds of stuff yeah. that you've been through, cry, all of that. Then all of a sudden you like, I don't know you. I don't, you know, why did I marry you? But why did you live with me for 10 years? Mm-hmm. Okay, somebody I needs to explain that. Because people are afraid to, um, as, what's the lady name? Um, what's the singer name? Who? Gladys Knight. She said, because neither one of us wants to be the first to say it. And sometimes people do live under that um, fear of what the other one may feel. You don't want to hurt that person's feelings um, because you have been together for so long. Um, but, I, I mean, I'm a firm believer in you have to do what makes you happy. Um, that's why I tell Will so often about his situation that he's going through. He really don't want it. I have a situation. Yeah, what are you um, talking about? Number one, because so. I am a communication major graduating. You don't have to say it often. It's often. <laughs> yes. But, I really um, don't what? If you're going to be on this show, it's real talk. Yeah, you got to Re- be You got. You got transparent. Yeah, yep. tra- mm-hmm. and that's what we're going to talk about today. One thing about it, this isn't my show. This isn't my life. <laughs> so this is about as transparent that it's going to get. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll see about that. Okay, yeah. Nothing. There, but one must, thing I've learned is that there are no accidents. There is no accidents. Ah, no accidents. I love but that. We, we got and that, the reason right. why I accept every challenge uh-huh. is this mic on. Not anymore. <laughs> it's not. No. <laughs> okay, let's move on. We'll come back to that. Yes. Okay, did you guys hear that T.D. Jake's show got canceled? What? I can believe it. It got canceled after six months. Yes. Why? What happened? That's what they're not what giving happened? you, they're not giving, and matter of fact, um, they were talking about this subject on The View one time um, with Megan Mallory, and they were saying that they're not allowing, so you know how we've been taught the elevator pitch, and you have so many seconds to win someone over? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, basically, TV is the same way. And no matter how much you may have so many followers mm-hmm. or church members watching, mm-hmm. um, you only have a few few seconds to win television over. Right. And I don't think he... He did it. He did. I, we're going to come back to this because I remember you were saying how you thought his show should be. Exactly. And I agree with you. I think it could, I think maybe his format was probably off. It, was an, it, was, it wasn't authentic. Yeah, I think you think he was trying to be something else. He was trying to fit the mold for mainstream TV. Okay, okay. Mm. All right, well, you know where our first guest called in? She is Leslie Hammond. She's called the Empowering Story Whisperer. Leslie is a three-time author. Um, she's written books like Keep It Real, Why We're Afraid to Speak Up, and What to Do About It, Women Rising, How to Go from Uncomfortable to Unstoppable, and Tap Your Source. She's a nationally known spiritual teacher and Healer. She shows health coaches, healers, and alternative health care advocates how to embrace their triumph through adversity as a teaching tool to inspire their clients, families, and their communities. Again, she is known as the Empowering Story Whisperer. Please help me welcome to the show, Ms. Leslie Hammond. How are you? Hey, Leslie. Hey, Leslie. 
Hey there, I am terrific. Thank you so much. How are you all doing tonight? Doing, doing well. well. Doing well, well, well. Thank you for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. I was reading your information and looking at um, your website and everything. I got excited because um, the whole oh, purpose of this um, season, again, was... Okay, the whole purpose of this season was um, being naked. My theme was um, naked, no longer ashamed. It was basically me becoming more transparent and sharing my story. Um, so I was so glad when um, you were presented to me, and I'm glad to have you on the show again. So I've heard you referred to as the empowering story whisperer. What does that mean? And why do people you know, need an empowering story? You would be amazed how many people are not, empowered by their story and over the years I've developed a skill of helping people see what I see and enabling them to take a look at everything that's happened in their past as a gift and it's helped them become who they are today so that when they show up and someone asks them a story about something in their past they're no longer feeling that shame or that energetic connection that has at one time drawn them down. Mm -hmm. And why does everyone need an empowering story? How could you not need one? It gets you through every day, every kind of challenge that you have. I mean, to truly believe we're here for a purpose and that everything that's happened to us was not in vain. Mm -hmm. And it's meant to help teach other people that we best connect with. Wow. Okay. Hi, Leslie. This is Nate. How are you? Hey, Nate. I am fantastic, thanks. How are you? I'm really good. So you recently wrote a book, Keep It Real, and Why We Aren't Afraid to Speak Up and What to Do About It. Can you tell us about that book? I I would love to. Thanks for asking. It explores a theory I have. I always used to say people were not born afraid to speak up. It was a conditioned behavior. And the more I got to thinking about it, that changed. Because when you think about a woman carrying a child Mm -hmm. and how much the fetus takes on everything that the mother experiences so for example uh, for you know for any of your listeners that have children or who have carried children you see the child you know in in the mother's belly and if the mother eats something that the child doesn't like you might see an elbow or a foot um you know they'll they'll let you know and if the mother eats something that the child doesn't like then the mother will feel it so how can it be that if a mother is not feeling valued and she is constantly being shut down or emotionally cast out at whatever level, how can that not transfer to the baby? Hmm. Hmm. I mean, truly, so that if there's a mother who is constantly being silenced and her opinion is not valued, and she's being, you know, she's not surrounded by a lot of support, mm-hmm. then she's going to have these feelings of, you know, um, perhaps unworthiness and True. feeling that she, you know, that her opinion doesn't count. And so that, and I firmly feel, transfers over to the child. And then ultimately, when you take a look at the environment that the child is raised in, they will see behaviors that reinforce all of that. So it's, 
it's an I realize it's an out of the box theory, but it can explain so much of why people behave and feel and react and possibly think the way they do. Right. Hmm. So, Leslie, you're saying that that emotion is being passed down to the wound, um, and then once they are here, they see those experiences and then they adapt to those? I believe that's the case, yes, because we are all products of our environment. Okay. Now, if you take a child who is constantly loved and told that they can do anything they want, it doesn't matter, there are no limitations, then that child is going to grow up courageous and believing that they can attempt anything and not be worried if they're going to fail. Versus if you have a child who is always told, oh, be careful, watch out, Mm -hmm. oh, you might want to do that because you might get hurt, Mm -hmm. then it's really easy to see in adults how that kind of behavior has just continued to manifest because you see people who are not comfortable you know, expressing themselves mm-hmm. or taking risks of any kind. So it's really it, it's taking a deeper look at behaviors, mannerisms, and how people show up in the world. Hmm. Hmm. I totally I agree with that. No, I was just I had a follow-up mm-hmm. statement or a question. So I'm following what you're saying so far. It seems to me like once that's in, embedded in you, especially if it's from the womb, is that irreversible? No, it is not. Absolutely not. It takes people who are Mm open-minded and recognize there is room to grow and to be accepted and to really truly be who they are Mm -hmm. with the support of people who believe in them. And in a lot of cases, people can experience that. Um, in church, or they find themselves in another kind of community that is supportive. Mm-hmm. And in a lot of times, a lot of cases rather, it takes a deeper level of work. So, I mean, I've been working in the realms of people's energy fields and things of that nature for 18 years, and it takes, it takes some really out-of-the-box things to get people out of places where they're really stuck or where you see a behavior that is constantly repeated. And as the observer, say, if you've ever had a a best friend or someone that you know constantly in a bad relationship Mm -hmm. or constantly making the same mistakes and you try and advise them, but they don't see it and they, you know, they might end one bad relationship and then six months later they're right back in another one. Right, right. So all those kinds of things have an energetic um, component that lies very deep below the surface that most people don't recognize And when they've decided they've absolutely had enough and it's time to make a change and time to, you know, heal their heart and Mm -hmm. heal their spirit and their soul, then, you know, they would seek out, you know, someone like me or, you know, someone who could help them with that. And it just makes a night and day difference. It changes lives. Leslie, one of of our our listeners, Alicia, asked, she said, so how would she advise someone 
to take the first step to change their mindsets that they have become accustomed to believing? It would be, um, Alicia, that's a great question. I would offer this. Reinforce the opposite of what the behavior is or the mindset that this person is thinking. If they don't believe that they're good at anything, then let them know something that they're good at. Or even further, tell them that you appreciate a very specific quality about them or you admire them for this quality and you would be amazed that how people light up mm -hmm. like a light bulb or a christmas tree um, when they know that they are appreciated mm -hmm. and someone admires them it's mm -hmm. you know it's like Validation. the ultimate stroke yeah. mm -hmm. okay hi leslie how are you my name is paula Hey, Paula, I'm fantastic. How are you? I'm doing very well, thank you. Uh, what are the biggest reasons people struggle with transparency? Judgment. Mm. Judgment, judgment, I said that. judgment. I said that earlier. To, I just said that. Well. Everyone, no matter how confident a person appears on the outside, they've always got this little inner critic that's chirping about something and when people allow that inner critic to take over it will convince it'll basically like talk someone out of anything positive exactly. and you know it will be that proverbial anvil that drops out of the sky and squashes anything good um, and I, I believe that at every point in someone's life, they have said something that was progressive or, you know, they shared a dream with someone mm -hmm. and the listener wasn't ready to hear it and they got shut down. Mm. And for that reason, <laughs> if nothing else, they have a visceral memory of what that felt like when someone didn't believe in them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And therefore, it's, you know, it, it, judgment is it's such a deeply rooted fear because everyone wants to be loved and liked and accepted. And to take risk of that not being the case, I mean, that causes people to do and not do all kinds of things. And I also think, because we had a conversation early again before the mics came on um, regarding this issue, and I think because one of the reasons why people won't be transparent is because people are so unforgiving. Mm. And mm -hmm. I think that has a lot to do with it. And when you are transparent, when you are transparent, um, sometimes people won't take you take what you're saying at its worth you know what i mean it's like you 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 know i'm telling you this is how i am this is who i am mm -hmm. and i want you to love me how i this is me mm -hmm. you know exactly. what i mean and the thing of it is some people may think you're doing a dog and pony show but at the same token people want you to accept them for the way they are right. yes. but they're not accepting and i think that because you're not flexible in your thinking mm -hmm. and you're not mm -hmm. looking at your own self but you're so quick to judge everybody else and be unforgiving. And I think that's a lot that's wrong with the world today because <clears throat> we're so we're quick to criticize, 
quick to say, oh, I would have did this different. I would have did this or I'm this way and this is why I am and this is it. You know, well, we all can change. But if this is the way you are and this is it, I'm going to love you like that. Exactly. You know what I mean? I'm going to love you for who you are. Right. I'm not going to try to change you, but I'm going to love you. This is who you are. You know what I mean? But the thing of it is, is that you have to be reciprocating. You know, you have to reciprocate that because no matter what you say, you always want to be loved and you want to be forgiven and you want people to accept you for who you are. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely, Paula. That's a, that's a great point. And just to um, add to that a bit further, when people are transparent, if they do so and they're not putting out a strong vibe of confidence, then what they say can be re- can be perceived as a weakness. Exactly. So if they don't share a positive outcome as a result of that, you know, whatever it is they're being transparent about, which would be, you know, it could be anything from a failure to, um, you know, to something that was really hurtful to them. So if they're not able to put a positive spin on it, then the people who are listening are, you know, absolutely, they're, they're probably going to pounce on them if it's in the wrong audience, if it's, you know, if they're speaking to someone who doesn't have a lot of empathy. And uh, furthermore, on the judgment piece, because you are right, so many people are very quick to judge. I believe that's the case because when folks are really quick to judge, they are connecting to something in themselves they're mm. not happy with mm-hmm. and the person that they are judging is like setting off a trigger for something they see in themselves mm-hmm. and instead of being authentic and vulnerable and saying hey i get you they don't want to be seen like that because it's probably foreign to them so they automatically put this facade up, you know, they erect the wall exactly. and find it's easier to be um, like strong or aggressive as opposed to being truly seen. Exactly. Right. So, so Leslie, um, understanding those, um, that people have these walls built up now and that, they don't want to be hurt any further further how do you make them comfortable to tell their story i love the concept of and um, this may may hopefully this will make sense of creating a safe or a sacred space mm-hmm. and anyone who's been in a long-term relationship knows the power of feeling safe enough to speak up and say what's bothering you mm-hmm. and to not be shut down for it. So if someone is told, you can come and talk to me about anything at all, I promise you will be safe and I will just listen. And then once someone says something like that, then commend them and tell them, that you admire them for their courage for what they've gone through and present to them something you see in what they went through that's positive that they don't see. Uh, that, that happens all the time. So many people that I talk to, and it's just the slightest shift 
and perception that can make the world of difference. Mm. And I mean, it's about it's it's loving people for who they are. Exactly. Everyone. So basically, having a genuine communication. Please repeat that. I say so. It's basically having a genuine communication. Exactly. It's it's being authentic mm-hmm. and it's opening your heart because people can feel when you're authentic mm-hmm. more than they can see it. Just like a dog or a horse can smell fear. I mean, you can feel somebody, and people who are really kinesthetic, I mean, you'll hear them talking with their friends and saying, like, hey, do you feel me? You know, do you, <laughs> you feel where I'm coming from? And, and that resonates. And so when you're going to have a conversation with someone or you're inviting them to open up, I mean, just imagine your heart being larger than life, and you're wrapping yourself around this person, holding them, in a way that maybe they've never been held before. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, Stephen Covey says that truly listening to someone is the equivalent of psychological error. Wow. So let me just add on to another question to you speaking on authenticity. So Mm -hmm. I've had like a couple guests. We had a uh, guest, I think his name was Rick. Rick Collins, I believe, came on a couple of weeks ago. He was talking about um, coming out. Basically, um, there have been a lot of celebrities who have come out, and um, I guess after years of being in the closet or whatever, they came up for whatever reason, and they experienced a certain liberation. Today, I believe, well, this week, Barry Manilow, at age 73, just came out. He said that his fear for not, yeah, <laughs> who just came out, he said um, that his fear for over the, all these years was that um, he would hurt people or that his fans would be disappointed. Mm -hmm. But after doing so, after all these years, I think him and his partner were together 40 years, he said that he received Mm -hmm. so much love and acceptance from his fans because they wanted him to be genuinely happy. Um, Robin Roberts said the same thing, and Ellen, she said the same thing. Mm -hmm. Um, So my question Mm -hmm. to you is, how much of your story do you tell to remain safe? Should you even consider take consideration of safety in mind when you're thinking about being transparent? Because somewhere along the line, you're probably going to lose some people, depending on how much you share. How much do you share of your story? It depends on what outcome you're looking for. If you are, like, say, if you're a professional Mm -hmm. and you're you're there to help people, Mm -hmm. then you'll be sharing so that you attract the people you're best suited to help. Mm. And it also depends on your audience. So if you are, you know, if you're speaking to a group of, uh, let's say, like mechanical engineers, Mm -hmm. then you can get a little woohoo with them if your topic is spirituality. Um, But you find a way to shape your material so that the audience can receive it. I mean, there'll be some cases... You know, like uh, what you know, Paula was talking about judgment before. I mean, there's going to be some some places where it is totally not a good idea right. to be transparent. So it really depends on whether or not you intend to choose use it as a teaching tool. Uh, you know, to to give back to your community to mm-hmm. help someone who's really struggling. Mm-hmm. So it it really needs to be gauged by the audience. But once you're transparent, it's out there. So no matter where you go, your story will be there before you get there, pretty much. In some cases, yes. Mm -hmm. But 
for the person who does that, they've owned the story and they're okay. no longer intimidated or afraid okay. of the story. Okay. So it sounds like a process you need to go through first. And yourself Absolutely. being confident in your story and, and not caring that your story's out there. Right. Because exactly. I believe that you have to, when you go to talk to somebody and, and you have to tell something about yourself um, before you can minister to anybody. You mm-hmm. understand what I mean? Um, and then mm-hmm. they feel more comfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, like there's a lot of things that I've shared with my employees um, because they came to me um, seeking advice and wisdom. So I had to share mm-hmm. some things about myself. Um, and I don't mind because I know that it's going to help you. And I want you to know that I, we go th- I go through stuff just like you. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So I think mm-hmm. that that's very important as well. I mean, in order for you to be transparent, you do have to share. But you see, that's on a private level. I can see that. But like, if, like on my platform or where I want to go, um, where I would be reaching a mass of people, how much my story will reach, you know, who knows how big my audience would be. But it's just like Barry Manilow, like you said about Barry Manilow. Uh-huh. I mean, he ended up sharing Ellen, you know, they all, and it's okay. You know what I mean? That's when the, you, the rubber's going to meet the road. Bottom line, mm. that's going to let you know who's in your corner and who's not, who who's your ride or die, who's your not, mm. who's for you and who's not. That's going to let you know okay. back then. I mean, okay. right then. That's that's what it, that's what's going to happen. Okay. Well, absolutely. And if you've got people around you that are judging you, it's not. I mean, it's not healthy. So those people need to get weeded out anyway. And if that mm-hmm. speeds along the process, then woohoo! Yep. Okay. Okay, and what do you recommend people um, who are ready to start telling their story? What do you recommend them to do? To start small and to there's a there's three things that I I find really helpful for people. So if you if you have something that's uh, traumatic, tragic, you know, that you've come through, combine that piece of the story with what you've learned, what you, how you became stronger as a result of the experience. And then the third piece is, if you've shared this with someone else, feel free to let your audience know how your story inspired someone else. Exactly. So okay. it's like putting a case study piece in there. So it's not... Just a story. dark and dreary. Right. And that that just changes everything. See, I like what you said about um, looking for a positive Mm -hmm. outcome. I always look for a positive outcome. Even if I have to say something that's not too pleasant, I always want to end with a... I'm going to look for it Um, because I don't Mm -hmm. like conflict at all, and I don't do well with it. Uh, I'm strong, but I just don't like conflict. And when it happens, because I'm a kumbaya type of chick, and I Mm. always try to find that happy medium. I'm a peacemaker. And when it doesn't work for me, it makes me retreat. I just had this conversation. And sometimes that's not a good thing. I'm not weak at all. It's just that it's something that will put me in a dark place, mm-hmm. especially if I can't fix it um, because I'm a, I'm a fixer and known as a fixer. And um, I just don't do it well And because I, I like everybody to get along. And even at my age, I have to learn that everybody is not, things are going to happen. And the thing of it is is that it's just very difficult for me. I don't understand it. I can't 
wrap my arms around it, why we can't uh, make it better or find a positive outcome in a negative situation. Um, it's just very hard for me, and um, I, I just have a difficult time with it. I don't even know how to d- deal with it. I mean, I have to deal with it. In some cases, I do okay, but it's sometimes I, it just breaks my heart so bad that it depresses me. It puts me in a depressed state. That's because you're so cheery. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I'm guessing you're also a Libra. No, I'm a Sagittarian. <laughs> oh, really? Okay. The best okay, sign ever. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we both said Pretty it. awesome, <laughs> <Yeah>. too. <laughs> yes. So, Leslie, I just want to reiterate something. So, basically, you're, say, you're stating that when you become transparent, you want it to be purposeful. You shouldn't just be transparent, basically, like telling your business. Mm-hmm. It should have a purpose, and it should be fulfilling either you or someone else. I Yes, I firmly believe that. And you'd be surprised how that opportunity will present itself mm. if in the beginning you're not feeling, thinking, or seeing that as an option. When someone's ready, the opportunity shows up. Exactly. I got gotcha. you. So what would you say the biggest mistake people make when telling their story is? Oh, I could you repeat that, please? Because the line cut out for a second. What are the biggest mistakes people make when telling their story? Oh, thank you. Constantly staying in the negative. Because mm. you know what it's like when oh, I know you what it's hear like. someone... That drone that drones on, and you think, "Oh my gosh, I cannot get away from this person fast enough." My or lord, you just you feel like, "Ooh, ooh, I just need to like clap, get in the shower, or something," you know, because it's just this constant droning of, of you know negative energy. And now, granted, there are all kinds of reasons that that happens, and so many times people don't even recognize that that's the case, especially when someone doesn't have anyone to speak to that values what they say. I mean, we all know someone who just won't stop talking. <laughs> so that's, yeah. I don't understand. What, what are you talking Because uh, evidently <laughs> you're talking about me. What do you, I don't, no, stay, no, no. Stay I'm, in the name. No, no. What do you mean? Let, Leslie, you Leslie story, is, she came story. on <laughs> to give us a story. She came to speak. Well, Leslie, please clarify. And she's doing what do well staying in the negative? If your story, if you have a lot of her, hurt and pain in your story, your story is going to be negative. Not if you incorporate something positive. Mm-hmm. You mean the, the outcome of what you is, learn from it, perhaps? Right, your life lessons? Exactly. Right. Okay, yeah, of course. Right. The, yeah. the difference is weaving that in there and not keeping it all completely okay. negative. Okay. Yeah. That was my aha moment. I got it. Okay. Yeah. Got it. The balance of it. So the balance mm-hmm. and yes. learning how to weave. Okay. <laughs> learning how to properly <laughs> tell the story. <laughs> yes. Ah. I think that's the key, Leslie. You have to properly tell the story. You have given a lot of good information. How can people follow you, Leslie? Oh, they can reach out to me. Probably the best place is on my Facebook page, Healing Through Your Story. Mm -hmm. There are all kinds of videos and uh, and things on there where they can find me. They can also find me on uh, on my website, which is lesliekarenhammond.com. And there's all kinds of great information um, that's out there. And on Twitter, it's uh, Confidence Builder. 
And I would just, you know, I would welcome anyone that wants to have a conversation about, you know, how they can how they can embrace their story for the powerful journey that it is. Awesome. Thank you so much for coming on the show. You, you've given us a lot of good information. Yes, thank you, it. Leslie. Yes. You are so welcome, Will, Nate, and Paula. It has been such a pleasure, and I wish you all the best. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you so much. You're very welcome. Take care. Good night. So let's get back to Barry Manilow. Okay. And Barry Manilow just came out? Yeah. I oh, mean, wow. Okay, so I mean, it's of not course like we we've know. all known it, oh, we've but known. he's never okay. spoken oh. on it. We've never, and he's even dated. He said he dated what Linda Allen um, while he was dating her. I guess yeah. as a cover up. We've all dated Linda Allen, but <laughs> but he admits having you know been hesitant to, to discuss his relationship and to come out publicly even after he married mm-hmm. um, his manager husband um, in their estate in 2014. He still hadn't come forth, oh, and he wow. said because. I thought I would be disappointing them if they knew that I was mm. gay. So I never did anything. Um, so that brings me to a question I would like to ask. I know it's not on our topic. Go ahead. We don't, do huh. you feel because you are um, in the public eye, mm-hmm. you should have to come out? That's a good question. I don't yeah. think that you have to. Even I don't think that you have to purposely come out, exactly. but I think there's something wrong if you feel like you need to. Do like he did and date somebody okay. up front for that purpose. Does that make sense? Yes, I think because of society, yeah. because of, you know, the man is supposed to marry a woman, it, you yeah. know, that whole deal. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I can just tell you that, you know, my Sierra, my daughter, she's a lesbian. And, um, <laughs> And, you know, I felt so bad for her. She? Because, yes. apologize if she haven't came out yet. <laughs> no, she's out. <laughs> but the thing of it, well, it took me a long time just to say that. And the thing of it is, is that um, one day she had came home. She was distraught. You know, I was, she was just going through. And she's like, she started crying. And, you know, she's like, you know, she just blurted it out. You know what I mean? Because it was choking her. Exactly. And I felt bad that it was choking her like that. Mm-hmm. And, um you know, I had my husband come down and she, you know, we kind of knew anyway, you know what I mean? But she felt so, she was free after that, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? And um, I wanted her to be free and I want her to enjoy her life. She's an amazing young lady. Uh-huh. But the thing of it is to see the pain that she was in because she couldn't live the way she wanted to live mm-hmm. was devastating to yeah, me. Exactly. You know what I mean? It really bothered me. Um, but, you know, it, it to see it, actually see it is devastating you know for somebody to live like that and think that you have to live for others trapped. and you right trapped and mm-hmm. you can't live for yourself and be mm-hmm. happy which is wrong you know what so i do mean you, do you do you feel like you have to i don't feel like you have to okay. i feel as long as you're being authentic to yourself as um, leslie stated about being transparent and authentic to yourself i believe that's where transparency start is with yourself, you can't be transparent to others if you really can't be transparent to yourself. Because um, sometimes, when some people consider transparency, if I'm telling you my life story, um, some people tell you their life story because they they want to be heard. Um, versus people that really want to heal and want to be um, a blessing to somebody else. Um, they've already experienced that life story within themselves, and um, it is—it's done something to them to the point where 
they want to tell their story. Uh, you know, I'm a firm believer, however, though, you know, you don't tell your business, you don't run your mouth. <laughs> but um, I don't believe that you should have to tell others your story. Um, and so I want to make sure that I'm understanding. So you're saying have to tell, as in, like, that's called a press out. conference? And yes, you don't have to come out and say, come I, out am. And say I am. You don't have to wear a sign, a button. Are, are you talking about also not be seen with your no. partner whatever out now, the and people is, know who that is? Now, this is where the this is where the catch come in. Because I think as if if I have a partner and someone recognizes my partner uh, and they ask, is that your partner? Me saying no then to me kind of null and void my relationship. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So I don't I don't feel that you should lie, mm-hmm. um, but I don't feel like you should. Can you say hey, like like yeah. everybody always say it's Queen Latifah. Oh, I saw Queen That's Latifah. That's what I was just thinking about. Yeah, but I don't feel Queen Latifah should have to come out and be like, yeah, I'm a lesbian, one two down in the VA, you know, <laughs> stuff like that. I don't I don't feel like she have to do that yeah. um, to be to be a role model or to touch somebody else's life. I think she just have to live authentically as who she is. Right. I mean, that's that's her personal. Yeah. It people is. get it's it twisted. Perso- exactly. That is her personal business. It's her personal mm-hmm. And just because you're famous and in the limelight, nobody has to know everything about you. Exactly. You know what I mean? Because it's not your business, yeah. and they're not. You're not putting any food on their table or paying their bills. Mm-hmm. And so I. Well, what I, about living a lie? Well, you know, while Nate was talking, I was just thinking how. Um, we say um, you don't have to show me. I'll go by your actions. Mm-hmm. And this is a prime case of like Barry Manilow. I can only use him that we went by his actions and it's and his actions was saying I'm a heterosexual, mm-hmm. even though we deep down, that was his action. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But in that, that was false. Mm-hmm. You see what I mean? So you can't always go by somebody's actions because they're putting on a facade for yeah. some reason. Yeah. Yeah. You know, they're afraid to really let themselves mm-hmm. be shown. Mm-hmm. And when you do sit in front of somebody and say, this is really who I am. Mm-hmm. I want you, this is me. You know, um, but then and you people, go to the like you were saying the rejection. You go through right. The you go through all of that, and people question you and be like, "I'm telling you, I'm I'm pouring my heart out to you." Yeah. Sometimes and then you get your credibility. Right. You go like, and you'll get, mm, or you get silence. Yeah. I'm like, are you kidding me right now? I just poured my heart out to you and just told you, mm-hmm. you know how I feel. This mm-hmm. is me. This is the real me. No matter what you think that you see, exactly. this is the real me. And you get that, and then you you leave wounded because. You still are get you get gave me a negative vibe. Yeah. You understand what I mean? The energy, the energy, mm-hmm. a negative energy. So you can't always go and by I the actions. Think, I really don't believe that anybody that come out, um, even just going back to when Ellen came out um, when she did the. I don't know if y'all remember when she did the skit with Oprah um, as the psychiatrist and the therapist. Uh-huh. And that was when she came out. Yeah, right. And but even doing that and knowing it was a skit, she cried. Yeah. And it was painful for her because I think when you when you're truly being authentic and transparent, you've already dealt with all of the emotional side of it prior to, but it's something in you just want the world to know. Mm-hmm. You know? 
Um, and when you finally do, it's still aching at you because now you got to wait to see how people are going to react. What's the repercussion? Or what's the action? Are you going to, I'm, I'm being naked. Exactly. And are you going to hug me? Are you going to embrace me? You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. I'm sitting here crying and letting you know, yeah. this is really how I feel. You know, I, you know, I apologize. I, this, I, that, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. What is that person going to do? You're taking a chance because exactly. they can you be are. like, whatever you, you see what I'm saying? Yes. Or they may say, I love you. And, and all you want them to do is put their arms around mm-hmm. you and be like, it's going to be okay. You know, or yeah. I forgive you or whatever. Mm-hmm. But people are, are very, um, some of them can be very hard. Yeah. You know what I mean? And unforgiving. Yes. Well, let's go into this next unforgiving story. About our first, I miss our first lady, Michelle Obama. We have a first lady here. Moment of silence, please. <laughs> but you know what? I do like Melania. It's her husband I really don't like. I like you do. Melania. Melania's picture is everything to me. You saw her official one? And you know, I'm a jewel no. freak in my heart. She had that 25 carat diamond on her hand for 25 years of marriage. I didn't even get 16, but that's another story. Mm-hmm. Um, and a later date. That is another story. <laughs> okay, so what we're gonna, what's going to happen is, so what people, she she just posted a picture. She's been on vacation. They have really been on vacation. Yeah, they've been enjoying, enjoying themselves. That was their thing they said they were going to do. Yeah. Um, in People Magazine, they say they was going to vacation, then they were going to get into the speaking circuit. Yeah, but she revealed her natural hair. I didn't even know she had this much I hair on know her head. That's, I don't know why I don't think it's real. Well, she made a comment on it. She, she did, the, um, but if you look at her daughter's hair, yeah. her daughters have long hair. Yeah, I still don't think it's real. Go ahead. Okay. Well, she revealed her natural hair. You can look at her edges. Uh-huh. Anyway, so people are ups- kind of upset. You know, she on one hand, she was getting praised that, you know, she was wearing her hair. She had been photographed with her hair um, in its natural state. But then on the other hand, people were saying that, you know, for the whole eight years she was in the White House, she wore her hair straight. Uh-huh. She never let her natural hair be yeah. shown. Um, and some people were even saying that, you know, for the whole natural movement, how empowering that would have been if the first lady of the United States would have let her hair be seen. But that's the thing the about this state. natural movement that I don't get. Just because it's right for you and half of you guys out there doing it wrong, <laughs> it's my mic on. Yes. Because yes. if you out there wearing an afro and it's dusty, you're not natural. That's lazy. Okay. <laughs> so I just want so, to go ahead and put my that question out. Your question is, so do you think this, the natural look, the natural hairstyle look, the natural movement, whatever. How do you think that's accepted? Or what's your perception of that being accepted in corporate America? Or people, do you think that depicts um, power or authority? No. It's just hair, for God's sakes. Exactly. I mean, they put so much emphasis. It's, it's just hair. You know what I mean? And the thing about our hair is that it has a lot of versatility exactly. to it. Exactly. And we can do an array of things. We can it could be straight and bouncy. It could be natural. You can braid it up. Mm-hmm. You can do a whole lot of things to it. Mm-hmm. But I don't think they should put so much. We put so much emphasis yes. on the wrong thing. And I do believe that, it used to be a bad connotation to wear afros because of what it represented. Yeah, back right. In those like back in those days, but well, yeah. not now. But I, but now you know you see people are being really creative with their natural hairstyles. But I just think for the first lady of America, um, not saying that she couldn't be natural, but she needed something that um, she can maintain. And she, I mean, it would be crazy well, we to know see she her. Doing her own hair anyway. Exactly. Yeah. But can you imagine her on a dinner event 
and she's natural and she's under these lights and these cameras and this natural hair getting bigger and bigger <laughs> and bigger. So she needed something she can actually maintain. And I think for her, straight hair for anybody um, that have a stylist um, there, um, big hair. Even it, it was funny because even Oprah, uh, when she, I don't know if you guys remember when she first started wearing the curly hair. Mm-hmm. And by the end of the show, her curly hair was humongous. Mm-hmm. You know, but I just feel. Oh. But my thing has Michelle was the first lady for eight years and has done amazing things. Exactly. With you know, with the kids and eating healthy and, and all of those things. So who and cares? Still have right. But we're talking about we're talking oh. about perception. Exactly. We're talking about. I don't perception. like the word perception. Well, well, it's it's here. Perceived and it's perception. It's, it's first appearance when you see a lady come up there. Me, I have not kept it a secret that I'm not a big fan of natural yeah. hair. I met yeah, well, you. I the first thing I talked you into doing was relaxing your hair, honey. Yes. For you. Well, because I have a lot of hair. Yeah. You know um, what I mean? I, for some reason, I, and when I think my mom, she's natural. God bless her soul. But I tell her, I, to me, my mom always represented classiness. Now, I always thought that she, people like my best friend from growing up used to always say my mom reminded him of Claire Huxable. She don't remind me of Claire Huxable with those little kinky knots on her hair. To me, I mean, she's a classy woman because of the way she dresses. But when I look at her... I'm like, ooh, relax your hair. But you know, I had I hadn't had a perm in like three years. Was yeah, about three. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But to me, I just your hair, and when you dress up with your gown and everything, to me it was classy. Now when you had the little braids, braids twisted up, I was like, that's my sister right there. That's my, <laughs> that's that's my right. fighting the good yeah, fight. Keep the fight. Keep, keep the faith, keep my sister. Alive. Yeah, yes. but when you come in and it's, it's nice and laid, I'm like, like see, I get a lot of compliments on my woman. hair. I mean, a lot. But I'm going to talk to you about our next guest is on the line. But there was a study done by um, there were CEOs, and they basically said um, that he agreed that it should, like you were saying, that it should not be the fact that you know people are judged by but that. But it is. But in interviews and stuff, and they 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 um, correlated with like black power. That they would be defiant, exactly. Um, and even to the color of your skin, darker women are treated different than lighter women because they all people always gravitate to people who look like themselves. Mm-hmm. So lighter complected African Americans were, were were treated or given more opportunity, and then people who had more rate, relaxed straight hair were given more opportunity. So you come in a darker sister with an afro, she come in to tear some stuff. Mail room. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> but you know what? Our next guest is on the line. Um, she's called the Sexy Boss. The Sexy Boss. Um, her name is Heather Havenwood, and she is a serial entrepreneur. She's regarded as a top authority on digital marketing, sales coaching, and online publishing business strategies. Um, she's been named the top 50 must-follow women entrepreneurs for 2017 by my favorite media source, Huffington Post. She is also called Chief Sexy Boss. Sexy Boss, how female entrepreneurship is changing the rule book and beating the big boys. And others call her an icon creator or a wizard behind the curtain. Please help me welcome to the show, Miss Heather. Woo, 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 woo. Hey, Heather. Hey, Heather. Hello. Heather, you're on the air. Heather. Okay. I'm not sure what happened to Heather, but she'll call back. She'll call back. Yeah. Yes. There she is. There she goes. Heather? Hello? Mm-hmm. Welcome to Let's Face. Is this Heather? Heather? Yeah, hi. Hi. We were just introducing. We got disconnected, I think. 
No worries. I am here. Hey, Heather. Hi, Heather. Welcome to the show. Hi. Ooh, I got some cool people here. <laughs> Who's over there? Yes, this is Will, and we have... I'm Hi, Nate. And I'm Paula. Will, Nate, and Hi. Paula. Will, Nate, and Paula. Awesome. Thank the you three so amigos. much for having me. Maria Bigos, thanks for having me. You're welcome. So I was just reading over your impressive bio, and you're named the top 50 must-follow women entrepreneurs for 2017 by the Huffington Post. So how and why did you first get started and become an entrepreneur? You know, it's a, great, it's a great question. I don't think we wake up one day and go, I'm going to go to school and be an entrepreneur. I mean, nowadays that's kind of happening, but I don't think that's really, that's not what I did. And what happened is I went to corporate America like everyone, you know, I was taught to go go get a job after you get out of college, right? That's kind of what I was taught. Mm-hmm. So I did that, and I was actually number one in sales at a company called Southwestern Bell Wireless back in the day, and a big company, big Fortune 500 company, and I was number one in the country at 10,000 reps, mm-hmm. and I got fired. Oh, wow. <laughs> About two, three weeks after I got what I call the pat on the head, the corporate pat on the head, like, thank you so much for making me money, and here you go, you know? So um, I really got confused by that, right? Because I was told I make them money, they give me a little bit, and we're all happy, right, you know? Right, And I didn't really understand that. It really threw me for a little bit. I was young. I was 24, 25. And, you know, looking back, I'm older now, I can look back. It, a lot of it was, it was politics. You know, I was the only female in a B2B environment, outside sales environment, and everyone was male over the age of 40, 45, and here's this 25 young whippersnapper, like, beating them, beating mm-hmm. the big boys, as right. I call it. So, they didn't really like that. <laughs> so, um, you know, and I, the point is, is all I knew after that, you know, all my friends were like, well, just go get a job. And I just knew, Will, that, that all I knew is I didn't want that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Wow. And so how it all happened is I was sitting there on my couch with my girlfriend who just got married. And her uh, fiance was flipping the channel on a Sunday. And I saw this infomercial. <laughs> and the infomercial was something along the lines of like, you know, do you want to control your life? Do you want to make money? And like, that's all I heard. I'm like, yes. (laughs) So I went down to the seminar and um, I actually ended up going to this, you know, free event. You sit down and they pitch you. And I actually ended up working for that company Mm -hmm. uh, as a consultant and started traveling the country for like seven years and started my own business being a consultant and uh, speaking. And that's kind of how it got started. It was an accident. I think it found me. I think entrepreneurship finds a person. I don't think you go finding it. It's a spirit. Right. Mm -hmm. Heather, this is Nate. Hey. Hey. So as an entrepreneur, what would you say your biggest success has been? You know, it's interesting. Um, My biggest success has been where I'm at right now in my life. And I think a lot of that has to do with my book, Sexy Boss, because it was me coming out and sharing my story Mm -hmm. about my biggest failure, which Mm -hmm. sounds kind of odd, right? But... Um, when I had my biggest failure, a friend of mine said to me, you know, you're going to share your story one day. Mm-hmm. And I pretty much, I think I said some nasty words to him, like, I'll make that, you know, very <laughs> mean. Right. Like, who do you think you are? I'm never going to tell you. Because I was very embarrassed. I was mm-hmm. very shamed and very embarrassed that I was literally bankrupt. I was scared. And uh, I thought, I'm never going to tell my story. I'm, I'm going to hide into a little corner and never come out again. And so I realized that me, my book, Sexy Boss, about my personal story of how I overcame all that mentally, physically, spiritually, and how I overcame that and really kind of rose from the ashes. And so the book is really my biggest success. I'm really proud of it because it's, uh, it's a personal journey story. Okay. 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 What has been your biggest failure as an entrepreneur? 
So it's interesting. My book came from my biggest failure, which was my bankruptcy. And, you know, I was at, I was at the height of, of, my, of my, one of my biggest, not obviously successes, but money successes. I built a business from zero to a million dollars in one year with a business partner. Wow. And we did very well, um, obviously. And we were going along, and I came home one day from, a, from a, an event, a marketing event, and everything was gone. You know, bank accounts were switched off, and I'm locked out of the sites. And anyway, the bank account was completely empty, and he left me with all the debt. So that's what threw me into bankruptcy and foreclosure because it was also the end of 2006, early 2007 when everything was crashing. Right. So it just like it just kind of spiraled, you know. And um, that's really my biggest failure. But what's interesting about that failure, which I, you guys can really relate to this, is um, I know people, listeners. We all have failures, and I think sometimes with mm-hmm. entrepreneurs, all we want have successes, you know? And when I was in the middle of this huge failure, a friend of mine says to me, I'm totally, by the way, I'm like sitting there crying my eyes out, like, I'm a loser. Yep, totally, you know, upset. And he says to me, I want you to, you know, write, write what I say. Take a piece of paper and write what I say. Mm-hmm. And he said, that would write, I, Heather, give myself full permission and license to fail. I couldn't write it. I couldn't write it. I literally was in tears. Because in that moment, I realized I never give myself permission to fail. I mean, I don't know about you, but I grew up, you know, here in America where my mom told me, if don't fail second grade, can't go to fifth grade, third grade. You know, can't, don't fail third grade, can't go to fourth grade, on and on it goes. Right. You know, don't fail, don't fail, don't fail, don't fail. Mm-hmm. And then entrepreneurship is all about go fail. <laughs> it's very counterintuitive um, and so he looked at me, my best friend of mine Bill, and he said um, you're never going to succeed in life again mm-hmm. until you give yourself full permission to fail hmm. and it's probably the most powerful advice I ever got Wow! Yeah. Wow. So, so all of us in this room, all three of us we are entrepreneurs so how do you help entrepreneurs what do you help them do so it's interesting. People come to me for mainly marketing, right? Okay. How do I get more clients? So, and I call that the um, the first dollar plus rule, right? First people always ask me, plus. "What's your clientele?" And I'm like, "Well, someone that's made their first dollar online or made their first dollar in their business." Mm-hmm. And the first dollar is so important. People are like a dollar. I'm like, there is a moment. I remember when I made my first dollar online. You know, I put something out there, and I get this little ding email, and it's like. You got money from a stranger. You're like, oh my god! You know, I'm doing happy dance. It's like 15 bucks. I'm like, oh my god! Some random stranger out there in the world just gave me money. You know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, there's a moment, there's a shift in your brain, literally. And so I always tell people, I want to work with someone that's done that, and they're like, okay, I want more. Okay. How do I do? Okay. You know, so uh, I really help people with their marketing, their branding, their messaging. And how do they expand that? So, Leslie, what is the number one way to get traffic into today's market? I'm not Leslie. (laughs) Heather. I mean, Heather. It's so funny because I look right down at your name and still, that's that dyslexia. That's what that is. Yes, she's sexy sexy boss. boss. I showed you a picture. Thank you. (laughs) You are now now in my good graces again. (laughs) Um, what was the question? That's all I heard was Leslie. <laughs> Heather. <laughs> yes. What is Sexy the number box. one way to get traffic in today's marketplace? 
You know what's funny? I really think it's podcasting. Like what we're doing now. Oh, wow. a radio is like an umbrella, you know? Um, I really think podcasting is so future. It's just powerful. And all the big media names and are getting in because yeah. they realize that we're so on the go. Mm-hmm. And true. we're listening. We might not be reading, but we're listening. Maybe we're reading, whatever. And I, I think it really is the future. A lot of media companies are just now getting in. They're, they're still not sure how to monetize it. You know what I mean? But I really think it's the future, and I think now is the time to get in. Like, now, 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 now. It really is the time to get in. And I have it. You know, it's interesting. People always ask me, because I've, I've been a guest like this. I love mm-hmm. guesting. Mm-hmm. And I've been a guest over on uh, now um, 210 times. Wow. Wow. I can tell. Yeah. I can tell. Oh, thank you. But yeah. that is it. true, I though. I do. I, I have a couple of people that I follow on uh, their podcast and I mean, they're doing extremely well where they're crossing over into television. Um, and I've even seen, I was watching, one of my favorite shows I like to watch is The Daily Show with Trevor Noah. And I even yeah. see that they even do commercials on Comedy Central for a lot of podcasts. It's getting big. I mean, in the news, the news world, it used to be, you know, here's so-and-so with the book or here's so-and-so and they're a reporter. Lately, there's been like, here's so-and-so and they have a podcast. Exactly. <laughs> so, like, okay. Right? So I think it's really a powerful medium that it's, um, it's a powerful medium to get into now. And what I suggest is that people learn how to be a guest first. Ew, oh, I like that. Okay. You know, because there's a lot of talk out there. Like, Let me tell you how to podcast. And I'll tell you from my experience, and I know you all understand this because you guys are on the other side of the mic, so you know you know this story, but is that I did what I call the graveyard of iTunes. I have a podcast out there. It's called Sexy Boss Show. It's in the graveyard. You know what I mean? Like, I I failed at it. (laughs) So um, what I did was I did five interviews with my best girlfriend, Mm -hmm. and then I put it all up the same day. And then I didn't know what to do. (laughs) So that's it. That was my whole show. And I'm over here going, why are people not downloading it? You know, uh, duh. Okay, but so I didn't know what I was doing. Mm-hmm. That was a couple of years ago. And then I got the opportunity again to be on, I could be a guest. And I thought, oh, I liked it. Mm-hmm. So I said, I really focus, like just focus only on being a guest, right? So I went on over 150 shows for, it was a year, about a year, three or four months, okay? And then, and then I said, okay, I'm ready. Now, now I'm ready for my own show, right? Mm. Because aren't the business. I mean, think about TV. People just start all of a sudden. It's Oprah. It's not like she all of a sudden she goes, "I want my own show." You have to look at where she was doing beforehand. Ellen. They understood the business by being on other shows, mm-hmm. by being a guest, by being on a sitcom, whatever. They learned the art business before they said, "Oh, and now I want my own show." You know, and so I think that's a missing step. That a lot of people don't do in the, exactly. in the podcast. Mm. Really. It's like no one want to put a, put the time in. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. No that millennials they don't put the time in. I'm yes, yeah. but yeah. <laughs> I'm giving them a hard time. Uh, yeah, they don't. They want to step. They want like, oh, that actress. She's only been doing it for four years, and she's a she's amazing. Like, you know how I many years and years and y- before that, even for exactly. years, a Disney girl. You know what I mean? Right, like, yeah. she's been around. So you just have to. You have to look behind the curtain, and nowadays that's not taught. It's mm-hmm. taught, oh, you want to be an actress, you'll be a millionaire in two years exactly. or something. You know, now. That's because there's so many one-hit wonders. Mm-hmm. That's why. Yep. 
you know, and they yeah, last, exactly. you know, they get that, get those coins, then they're out. They mm -hmm. don't care. You see what I mean? So they make it look easy, but it really isn't. So they do. I mean, one of the biggest people that I love um, over the years is Madonna. She always goes, Madonna. I mean, the reason I love her is because that girl, she's freaking 50 something. The girl hasn't quit mm -hmm. on going. That girl works her booty off to this day. She does not have to. Because I think she she knows it's a constant, constant, it's a long-term conversation. It is. It's a, and that's podcasting. It's a long-term conversation. It's not a one-hit wonder. It's not. Because not you it. want to stay relevant. Yeah. You exactly. want to stay in the moment and in front of people. I mean, right. that woman, I swear, she's 50. She's wearing things that, like, what are you wearing, girl? But, you know, <laughs> she, she's staying relevant. Yeah, exactly. She is. Exactly. So you have to give her credit. I, I, mean, I grew up with her, right? Because I grew up with, like, a virgin tour. Like, I grew up with an 80s. Right. I went to her like a virgin tour when I was like ten. You know, so you know, I kind of like have her in my in my forefront as a as a female entrepreneur, as a female go getter. Mm -hmm. And I just love she's constant. I and mean, I remember the people that were who were top ten, quote unquote, back you know, back then, top ten um, with uh, in that world music that were along with her like a virgin. And they're all what's her names? I don't even know. Like I don't even know. Mm -hmm. They're all gone. Mm -hmm. She's still here. And I think that just. That's that's the beauty of someone who's like they're willing to do the work. Mm. And nowadays people think you can put a podcast up like I did, put a podcast up for five episodes and go, mm -hmm. I'm done. Who's watching? You know, and it's like no one. <laughs> <laughs> you know. So 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 Heather, you're saying basically your your number one marketing tip in 2017 is podcasting. Yeah. My question yeah. to you is: so I've had this show for I believe in two weeks we'll be celebrating our 150th show. Um, and awesome. I'll tell people, you know, I have a radio show or whatever, and they say, oh, what station is it on? What station is it on? I guess expecting it to be FM, whatever, whatever, whatever. And then for some reason, this this embarrassment in me creeps up, and, you know, I say, you know, it's a podcast or whatever. So I should not be ashamed of saying that it's a podcast. This is, this is actually something that you're endorsing, that you're saying that is on the rise, that more people is, is gaining more credibility. Yeah, but so think about it for a second. I mean, mm -hmm. I, I definitely understand where you're coming from because I've had that in the past too. Uh -huh. But I think about it for a second. Think of like BuzzFeed, like some huge, massive, mega, like they're huge, right? Uh -huh. um, they don't out there go, oh, we just have a blog. I mean, yeah. they have like a digital, they're huge. They're, they're freaking loaded. The guy's loaded, right? And he's all digital. That guy does not have a, that is, that does, that guy does not have, or the company does not have a physical, uh, physical anything. It's exactly. strictly a Really, it's just a blog. I mean, okay. think about it. It's a blog, okay? Yes. And if you hear a blog, it sounds so like, meh, meh, but it's not. I mean, <laughs> mm -hmm. it's huge. You know, and if you look at, you know, Fox News, CNN, all of them are getting in the game of podcasts because yes. they realize new generation, they want it on demand. Yes. They do yeah. not want commercial. They want, on to, they want it when they freaking want it. You don't want to have to when wait to get to the car. Yeah, they want to talk. They want to see who they freaking want to. They don't want to DVR that stuff. So it's the new future. And... They realize, the new generation realizes, all those people on TV, they're paid, right? They're paid a lot of money. Mm -hmm. And they know that you and I, we're doing this because we love it. We really want to give something. Like, right. So they know that. And there's a piece that was, they trust it more. Oh, okay. So like, I'm, oh, smiling. Man, I'm smiling. I'm smiling. That's yeah. good. That's a good thing. <laughs> yes. Right. This, okay. this is how you own it. Like, I own a podcast, and it rocks. You right. <laughs> right. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Okay, uh, this is Paula. How are you? 
girl. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing good. Uh, what is the number one thing you find is most challenging with um, thing for women? I'm sorry, entrepreneurs today. I'm glad you asked that because um, you maybe can relate to this. I don't know about you, but I, I do. So I grew up um, in a very southern hospitality. My mother was a very southern girl, okay? And I was told at a very young age, if there's a party going on in life, you know, a party at a girlfriend's house or whatever, a party, you know, it was like, don't ever invite yourself. You don't ever show up. You have to wait to be invited. Like, it was this very southern thing to do. And and then I was taught that through college and high school. And so I missed a lot of parties, right? Because I'm over sitting over here, like, waiting for someone to pick up the phone and call me. Mm-hmm. I mean, come on. And then in entrepreneur world, there's no waiting for anyone to call you. Exactly. You got to be out. You got to, like, bite yourself, right? So how did I get on over 200 podcasts, 150? Well, Part of that was I did, I did hire a little bit of an agency. But the rest was, and they did, they did a few, right? They did only so many a month or something for a set fee. But I did the rest. And how did I do that? I had to get out of my shell and reach out to people and go, hey, you got a party going on if you hear this podcast. I can add value. Can I come to your party? You know, like mm-hmm. I had to get out of my own head. And women have a really hard time that. Guys don't. Because I remember in college, there'd be a party. Some dude who we don't even like would always show up with a case of beer and like hot chicks. And they're like, come on in, you know, <laughs> they don't care. Cause men be like, I want to go, I'm going. And they just, they just show up women over there. Like, well, I wasn't invited, you know? And so that, that comes out in business. And so that's one of the biggest hurdles that they have to let go of that. That they're not invited or they, um, you know, they're not wanted or whatever that is. And they have to go, I add value. I'm going to knock on their door and go, Invite me to their party. Let's go. Let's do this thing. I'm going to add value to you. You're going to love it. You know, and that's something that I had to do, and that's how I got on 150 Podcasts. Because believe me, if I sat back over here just waiting for my email to ring, you know, mm-hmm. pretty much, um, yeah, I wouldn't be on that many. Exactly. I had to really go knock doors and go, hey, you got a party going on. Can you come to the party? So that's just, I think that's one of the biggest challenges women have in business. Wow. Counter. Yeah, I, I, I agree. Okay. So, Heather... As the sexy boss, with this such a unique title, what does that mean to you? So my book, Sexy Boss, like I said, was my is my personal story, my transformation. But why did I pick that name? First of all, it was kind of given to me. A friend of mine named Joe Sugarman, who is actually the uh, board of the book, mm-hmm. we're sitting there having salad, so sexy salad in, in uh, Vegas one day, and he goes, "You know, you're like a you're like a sexy boss," <laughs> and I go. What's that? He goes, well, you know, you're sexy and you own that you're a woman and then you're a boss, you know, you own your life. Boom, right? I'm like, let's trademark that sucker, right? So that was it. And then I wanted to create a book around that. And part of that I call my transformation bankruptcy sexy boss because before the bankruptcy, if you met me in the business world, I was very harsh, very, they would call the the B word with the witchy, you know, kind of thing. Because I felt like that's how I had to be because the men around me emulating them. You know what I mean? And it came across really aggressive, not assertive, aggressive yes. and very, and it wasn't very pleasant to be around, but I felt like I had to do that to win. And after my bankruptcy, I realized through a lot of coaching and friends telling me like your femininity and being a woman and being sexy and owning that piece of you is actually way more powerful. 
So the sexy part is the owning of being your feminine energy, and the boss is owning all areas of your life, being responsible, right? Mm -hmm. So that's the connection of sexy boss. And it is interesting because I either get like, oh, my God, I love it, or, oh, you can't put those two words together. That's inappropriate, you know, or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, of men, we can say you're charismatic, you know, you're, you're dapper, when a woman has that energy, we call that other negative term. Right. And so, mm-hmm. I'm, you know, it's a new term. It's like sexy boss. They own your life. They own the woman. They wear beautiful dresses and a, some nice bike heels, but they're still a businesswoman. Mm, right. You know what I mean? This woman. And I think I'm creating that new terminology, the sexy boss. Exactly. All right. Well, Heather, how can people follow you to get more information and especially get a copy of your book? Absolutely. So I'd love to give your listeners a little gift gift. Wonderful. You love gifts? I love gifts. Thank you. Uh, Let's see. Well, they can text the word sexy to 72,000. Text the word sexy to 72,000. And they get three free chapters of my audiobook. Or they can go to sexybossinc.com to get the same thing. And they get, if they're interested in just checking me out, like who am I and stalking me online, feel free to stalk (laughs) me online. (laughs) And that's heatherhavenwood.com. Awesome. Thank you so much for coming on the show and giving us your energy. I love your energy. I really like that. Yes. Thank you so much. Yes. Thank you. I love that there's three of y'all. Yes. Oh, thanks. Yes. These are my friends. Thank you. Yeah. We we love doing radio, though. Yeah, we do. Thank you. I feel so encouraged about my podcast now. I have a podcast. Yes. Yes. Own it. Yes. yes. Own it. Thank you. Have a good night. All right. Good night. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Okay. <laughs> Y'all. Okay. So, you know, we only have a few more minutes. We have like 20, about 20 more minutes mm-hmm. in, the sh- in the show. But, okay, so I have two questions. Go ahead. Yeah. Well, I actually have three. Okay, so somebody actually had posted um, this question. So it says, do you think one can follow their dreams as an entrepreneur and work a regular job? Are salary jobs overrated? It says, I'm kind of over some entrepreneurs telling me that I'm a slave to the paycheck and the man. I legitimately love what I do and what my agency does. There are tons of professions that love what they do, like teachers, nurses, etc. Mm-hmm. But I do have a dream. Not everyone who works their job hates their job. Why can't I have both? Do you think? Because I was talking to you, um, everybody I tell that, you know, I'm going to graduate and I'm looking for a job. They're like, even my aunt, she was like, you're going to stop working for yourself and work for somebody else? And I'm like, yeah. Well, there are some people that are not made to work in corporate America. Mm-hmm. And the thing of it is, is that I've, I've always worked. You understand what mm-hmm. I mean? I, I, I'm used to getting my paycheck. I love my job. Mm-hmm. Um, been there for 27, 28 years. Um, but I love what I do on the side. Mm-hmm. But if your job or whatever it is that you're interested in is depending on people, because mm-hmm. we had this conversation, yeah. you, it will, um, the expectations you know what I mean, will lead you to disappointment. Yeah, you see what I mean? Because you have to really be a grinder mm-hmm. um, out here because there's a lot of people doing a, the same yeah. thing and it mm-hmm. has to have a wow factor behind mm-hmm. it. Yeah. So, no, I'm always going to have that cushion because I don't want to be left on a struggle bus yeah. depending on somebody else. Mm-hmm. You understand what I'm saying? But in the same token, I don't. you don't want to cut yourself short because you want to follow your dream 
and your gift that was given to you mm-hmm. um, to enhance that because we all were given something to do. Mm-hmm. You see what I mean? Mm-hmm. And some of us may miss the boat because we, you know, work. Mm-hmm. And I day. feel that if you find a job that aligns with your um, passion, your passion or whatever that your entrepreneurial um, skills that you want to do, I believe that it's a win-win because we all know you have to make money to you have to get money to make money, hmm. right? <laughs> we gonna go with that. Amen. Uh-huh. <laughs> we know what you mean. Yeah. So, but I know for me, I, I'm I'm looking for. I enjoy. Like I have a little job at uh, Virginia Wesleyan um, as a, a missions counselor, and I I enjoy it. But I also know that I'm bossy. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's good. all these years of working for yourself. Yes, I'm bossy. Exactly. Yeah. I tell my boss all the time, look, we're not going to keep having all these meats. <laughs> so You're like, what? what you I do. He's so crazy. I real bad. Uh, but I do believe that sometimes, so say, for instance, like you're a communications major, um, you know, doing something that can give you further outreach um, for whatever it is that your entrepreneurial skills are. Mm-hmm. Um I mean, I think it's a win-win situation. But if you're doing a dead-end job that you don't like, like then of yeah, course. Yeah, that's what the guy was talking about right. last week, taking yeah. jobs that you don't like. If, if you're just doing a job for a paycheck, mm-hmm. then, of course, you're going to want to work your, uh, your, gifts and your, your gift more yeah. than right. just making money. Right. And see, well, I think that you have the perfect trifecta. Mm-hmm. You really do. I mean, I, I don't know how many times I have to tell you that. You know what I mean? Remind me again, what's those try? What are the tries? Oh, my God. I can't believe it. You're an amazing, well, probably about four. You're an amazing communicator. We can't talk um, about one on air, though. I, oh, my God. I'm not even going in okay, with you. Okay, sure. Um, you, um, your skills. <laughs> right. He's <laughs> go ahead, Paula. I can't Paula. take them. Go ahead, Paula. Here we go. Here we go. Um, amazing makeup artist, oh, no. hair designer. <laughs> Um, coordinator, writer. I mean, it's just so much in one. But you know what? I okay, really let, let me. I'm glad you said that. You know what gets me? And if you, I've been selfish this whole season. I've really chosen guests who are going to help me get to where I want to get. Now I know there are other people who are experiencing this. So all these people that have been on this, by, it hasn't been by you know happenstance. I chose them because these are questions that I have. But the person who I, I forgot who it was who was saying about success. And I know by, on paper, I look like I'm a success. But to me, I don't consider myself a success because I'm weighing success to monetary things. Mm-hmm. Right, and you can't. And I don't get paid for this. I've done 150 shows coming, what, in three weeks? I think about Steve Harvey, who's done many shows, but he's a millionaire. So to me, this, to me, I'm not. I don't consider this as a success because I'm not getting paid. When for it. Steve Harvey first said that microphone, he wasn't a millionaire. Right. So you, what do you cons- if you don't consider it a success? You can only consider it a failure. I mean, what exactly. do you consider it? You, I mean, it's either one or the other. You know, I, I have learned these. Remind me to good. get you about putting me on the spot with that yeah. one, okay? Yeah, well, I'm sorry, but I'm just, I'm like. That's good teaching. Thank, thank mm-hmm. you. That's good thank teaching. Thank you. I, I do come up with some But I do believe, ones. I think those that, I think sometimes God gives us talents and gifts to get us to where he actually wants us to be. And I believe that. Will as a hairstylist or Will as a makeup artist is only a crack in the glass ceiling about 
as to where he's about to go. Um, I believe Will as an educator, the passion to educate in whatever form uh, via the podcast, the radio show, um, or even as a makeup artist and hairstylist. Because um, one of the things that we always talk about this story is when we first started doing hair, it was three of us um, that got out of hair school. We didn't have one client. We didn't have money for booth rent, and we still had booth rent to pay. And Will took it upon himself to make sure that we all we had clients during the week, even if we shampooed for him, uh, and we paid our booth rent. At some point, booth rent was all we paid, but um, we still had him that gift to give back, um, to educate and pay it forward. I believe that's only, that's why I believe that is just a stepping stone um, and the gift that God used him to build his purpose that he's now about to partake in. However, he have to listen. Shh. Now, I'm going to agree. I'm going to agree. I hate to, but I have to agree. Do you know when it's coming? Because I'm almost 40. But but we can't tell you. It has nothing to do with it. You can't tell. When you're almost 40, I mean, I'm 57. You're almost 40. I still. I, I was. Mean, I hadn't finished yet. Oh, you better finish. <laughs> <laughs> and I still don't. Wait a minute. She's talking about Amen, Nate. I'm gonna get you, Alicia. <laughs> <laughs> I still don't know what my gifts or purpose is. That's crazy. You know. Well, what you, I mean? and you know what? I was yeah. listening no, to. Me. Uh-huh. I was listening to a show Will did the other day, and I believe everybody knows their gifts and their purpose. Gifts uh, and purpose are different. Yeah, it's different. Because we had this I think whole conversation. Everybody, because a gift is something that you can just, it's just an, an innate ability that you just right. have. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, I can't Even if it's just talking. Air. I mean, but uh, I, it's I'm not, not really a gift. Go ahead. But I just feel that um, your purpose, I, and I told Will this when after I heard his show. I said, I think you're 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 missing your purpose because you want your purpose to be larger mm. than what you think it is. Mm-hmm. Because you want Oprah's purpose. Oh, there you go. Yeah, I'm I'm hey. I'm in the spirit. Hey. Oh, I'm <laughs> in the spirit. In my nerves. <laughs> and I think that's what happens with most people. Comparison. You miss your purpose because you're looking at someone else's purpose. Yes. Yeah. Right. And that's you're true. actually fulfilling your purpose. And I mean, you just think people often tell you how often tell you that, you know, they enjoyed your show or they enjoyed your talk. And when Will does a great talk um, called Look the Part, Look the Part, and it's a really phenomenal talk. Um, And I've seen him pack out churches to give this talk. Um, And and I didn't get paid to be an assistant, but I was there. But. Uh, uh, it's always no, I, mean, I didn't get paid. <laughs> well, when you work, <laughs> <laughs> that's what I'm saying. I'm doing, doing, doing. But you can't, you can't, you can't. Your work cannot be. It's not in vain. Um, be not weary and well doing. That's what the Bible declares. Right, and you never know who's listening, and you exactly. never know who's watching. And that's what I'm telling you. His grandmother. My number is. His grandmother told us when she was alive. She said, "Do good work." Right, she believed in Will. And I told him, and I t- to remind him of that, she always t- told us, do good work. And he do excellent work. And it's just 
you have to wait for your time. In due season, you will reap right, what but you say. I am almost. Huh? Sarah was 99 and she had a baby. Well, what I'm telling you is that, that if he can do it before, he can do it again. Okay. Okay. That is true. Maybe you, we all have planned how we want our life to be. Yes, that's true. I'm just behind. But isn't it? Right. Well, you are, not, God, you are not behind. So God sits and he laughs at your plan because he has a plan for you. Yeah, he has a blueprint. We and just, as we, we mess it up. We all homage Oprah. He laughs at your plan too. Right. Because Oprah said, God dreams a bigger dream than what we can dream for ourselves. Yeah. I so understand that. Okay. We have to just be patient. That's oh. what I'm learning, to be patient. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I am learning to be patient. Let me tell you. I am learning. I've never been a type person who allow situations or life things to overwhelm me hmm. um, or take me to a point that. where That's true. I don't, I can't see because I guess because I come from a very praying and a spiritual background uh, <coughs> and my mom's the same way, but you know, and then sometimes you Along life, you meet certain people, <laughs> and you link up, and you're unequally yoked. <laughs> Don't even get me started. <laughs> you know what? Okay, so we're going to go. Let's go on. Let's go on. Let's go on. They I, I knew this was much. a bad decision. <laughs> like, they said I should have followed my first Yes! <laughs> my first way time. too much. <laughs> okay, so... Everybody knows about Kendu Isaac and Mary J. Their, their their struggle with the yes. divorce and mm-hmm. his his outrageous demands for spousal support uh-huh. and all this. Her financial struggles. You know she's back working again on tour. Um, so this brings up the situation. I posted. I think it was last week about the fictional story, the hypothetical story about the two, the couple. There was a a lady. Her name was Tamika, and her mm-hmm. husband Keith. Tamika was a physician. She made four hundred thousand oh, dollars a year. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and her husband, or the guy she wanted to marry, was a manager at Radio Shack who made forty-four thousand dollars a year. But he was a manager. Um, they fell in love. The love was real. She paid for the marriage, the wedding. She gave him a luxury car. He traded his accordion. She bought him a Lexus. Um, she paid for the vacations, and he was a good man um, and loves her. And you know. That was the situation. Do you think that is wrong? Because, you know, I guess the Bible is all always throwing up the man supposed to be the the provider. Or but whatever. who said he's not providing? Yeah. Well, because she, she, she can provide she on a greater four hundred level. But she can provide on a greater level. Who's saying he's she she he's not her, still her provider? Um, I believe that she has a mutual respect for him. Um, God bless him. <laughs> I mean, God bless him. Um, but I do believe that the, what's his name? Is it Kendall? Kendrick. Kendu. Mm-hmm. I think that's crazy. Now, he need to go get a job. But he was her manager. I, I, that was his I, I, job. I, 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 but that doesn't, that doesn't. He was her manager because she knew he didn't have any other talents. So she allowed him to come <laughs> on and be right. her manager exactly. and get you a check. Let's keep this check in house, boo. But now that you done left me, Kendu. You need to go up to the to lo- to the local unemployment office and search on the screen and see what you can find because you're not finna get it off me. Right now, I sent you a lot of red faces. What? 
when we were talking about the couple. Mm-hmm. I don't think, I think that's when the unconditional love comes in mm-hmm. again. You know what I mean? There's nobody's business. Those exactly. were her girlfriends that were telling mm-hmm. her that. Exactly. You know, planting that negativity in her head. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because they ain't got no man. Right. And the thing of it is, is that you, you why, sometimes you got to be careful what your friends say. I we I just had this because they would they, okay. <laughs> I just go ahead on Paula. I just had this conversation because they will lead you down the wrong path because <laughs> there's a way that seemeth right. <laughs> One of our, <laughs> our our listeners says the man is the main provider is a myth in today's society. That was yes, Chris. Yeah, absolutely, because, you know, there's women out there making more money than men. And it yeah. doesn't matter today. I mean, that was way back in the day. Like when women so didn't you work. made $400,000. Yeah. I think about, like, Fantasia. I don't even care. Fantasia married this boy at T-Mobile. I know. And was in love until he messed up. still with? No, she was some football player. So if something. you're making $400,000. Yes. You could, you could marry someone who was making... Yeah, that was a garbage man. Yeah. yeah, as long as we loved each other, you know mm-hmm. what I mean. And now it's condition for real. Yeah. Would you have a prenup? Well, <laughs> <laughs> no, we not all crazy. All this love, all this love, you spirit. I, you know what? We're not talking about being say, crazy. But, but see, I'm, you're planning for the divorce already. You think right? I, brought, I probably oh, wouldn't. Not knowing me, knowing the type of person I am, real talk, no. You because wouldn't I, wouldn't even, I wouldn't even think like that. Oh, that's sweet, Paula. <laughs> you know, no, I'm serious. Anybody that can call. Listen, uh-huh. if somebody could call and say that is, that's real talk, uh-huh. I wouldn't. That's what's up. You know what I mean? Because I don't mind. I mean, money is money. Because mm-hmm. the thing of it is is that we can have a whole lot of money and I will be with you. Or if we lived in a shack and I and if I was in love with you, I'm gonna I'm gonna live with you. You see, that doesn't matter. We're not living in no shack. No, I'm just saying. Good night. Mm-hmm. But I'm just saying. I mean, that's just real talk. But the thing of it is, today some people put so much emphasis on materials exactly. and money. That's why the relationships don't work. Mm-hmm. You know, because right. or it's all when a, the money is gone, yeah, they have a tendency to not be interested. Yeah, you know, when the money right. runs out, you mm-hmm. see what I mean. But the thing of it is, it's like my grandmother said, it's always gonna come around again, right. mm-hmm. and you you're not gonna be there. Sure. Right. Not. Right. You know what I mean? Because you, you won't be getting any because you already showed me that you're not for me. Right. So you're not getting nothing. Don't yeah. come back. All right. Talking about baby, I'm sorry. Baby. Baby. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. See ya. Yes. Yes. Whenever I guess she says she has no prenup. Are you are you make you make do you make more? I wanna know do you make more? I think like where if if what y'all see is not what I see in the person I'm going with. Unless it was somebody like the relationship I just got of. That person, I mean, because we both are destined to be, even apart, we're both destined to have big futures. At that point, I didn't see a need in having the prenup. But I, I think if I got with somebody and they didn't have the same ambitious spirit that I had, they would have well, prenup. you shouldn't even be with nobody that don't have the same ambitious spirit that you have. But you, Why? Some people because are even Some people if, are nurturers. But no, listen. Some yeah, they, you shouldn't have but to listen, have the same spirit. You should, I, you should I disagree. Be, you should be just a, as much of a go-getter. Um, and I, it's so funny. I was telling a girlfriend of mine this, <clears throat> who husband is a big to-do, and he's powerful, and he has money, and she didn't understand it and she wanted him there with her and what and i told her no what you guys to do is go get you some business and since she's done that now she's a um a, a nurse um anesthetist no what mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah. mm-hmm. Um, i'm so, familiar and she's doing well you know and i think they're stronger because even though he worked at circuit city i'm sure he wanted to be the manager yeah, but he see, wasn't. He wasn't. Well, uh, 
comfortable being the cashier knowing that his wife out here owning the world. Well, see, this is what this is well, where this my guy problem on comes the store. in. You talking about the guy in the store? Yeah. No, he was the manager. See, he 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 right, still but had she aspirations, so, but, yeah. but, but that don't mean he can because everybody not meant to go to college. She did well Absolutely in college, not. and she she did well to have a planned a future for herself. I'm not saying that he didn't do well, but that could have been he could have started out sweeping the floor at Circuit City, mm-hmm. but, but he, now he's the manager. He worked at Radio Shack. Yeah, but Radio he, Shack. Right. Same yeah. difference. Here's my thing. I fell in love with you City, because when you were sweeping the floor, exactly. Who you? I'm oh, <laughs> I'm just I know, but I, I've but been through that situation I, I, too. I fell in love with where you you've made the person you, who they are, and then no, sometimes the thinking thing you made that, somebody gonna, something. But then you're gonna get an attitude like five years later because I'm climbing up the corporate ladder, right. ladder, later. but but <laughs> ladder, uh-huh. but my boo is still satisfied sweeping the floor, and I'm good with that. No, the devil no, is but see, having the, the boo is but, the issue. No, what <laughs> my man? Right, my man. Right, but the thing of it is, is that. How do I not love you? Right. You haven't changed. Exactly. Have Your not. career haven't changed. Right. So why do I stop loving you because you're still sweeping the floor? Exactly. I'm going one day, still. I'm going to get this epiphany and be like, oh, I don't want to be with you no more because you're just doing this. You girl. didn't what love me it? from the beginning. You preaching. Yes. See, that's, I know we that's tore a, your story yeah. all up. <laughs> right. And, I was about, and then I was about to cut on top of it. Because I hate people that do that. Yeah. Oh, I don't want to be with you anymore because you don't have any aspirations. Are you kidding me? You were with me when I was doing this, and but I'm Paula, the same person. No, there's well, no, well, our, no. Our, our, our listener, um, Alicia, again, she said she has no prenup, and now her ex is trying to take half her business. See, Alicia, go get you a prenup for the next one. I don't care if you got $10 in the bank. Prenup it. Well, see, that means that he, he had a hidden agenda because oh, everybody has a hidden agenda. Either. Everybody don't have no hidden agenda, Paula. Well, he did because oh, he may have had Because he couldn't walk away with At least you don't give him with. that money. I but wouldn't it, give him You a, don't think if somebody's there through the process? Like, that's different. But like Steve Harvey, let's go mm-hmm, back to him. Mm-hmm. When Steve Harvey became Steve Harvey, mm-hmm. they dropped Sister Harvey. <laughs> and uh-huh. I saw her at the kitchen in the church. <laughs> And they gave she him Marjorie. She did. She was upset. She <laughs> gave me one wing. I said, <laughs> I said well, can I get look two? Here, look here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I ain't had nothing to do. Yeah. So, <laughs> Crazy. But okay. he, they gave her Marjorie because she fit the mold. Mm-hmm. She looked better. Okay. Go ahead. You are so crazy. But, I, but you, you're going to there was an yeah. event you went yes. to. We're going to close out the show with okay. that. But I just yeah. have one more thing I want to sure. comment on. Just to get your opinion, because this was submitted. It says, so you've been dating someone for five months and it's been good. You two are dating exclusively. However, neither party has applied or pressed the title of boyfriend, girlfriend, or my man, my woman. Mm-hmm. So is this scenario okay with you? Or do you think that you need a title um, to be assigned to secure the relationship or perhaps provide boundaries or guidelines? Do you think, I was like, to me, at, at a certain age, I just feel funny saying, this is my girlfriend, this is my boyfriend. I don't think that you need a title. I think that you just need to sit down. Like one of the things we learned, I learned on a rules show mm-hmm. is that you need to, we need to identify what we are to one another. Exactly. Okay. So I can go and say, this is my man, but really in his mind, he's not thinking he's my man. Uh-huh. So we need to decide, you know, we need to have that conversation. conversation. Then I'll go and let you know that you're my man or I'm your woman. Mm-hmm. But the thing of it is, is that you we need to talk about it. And it's yes. communication. That's the bottom line. I'm not going to just get up one day and be like, oh, well, you, are you going to be my man or are you my man? We need to. Mm-hmm. He needs to tell me you're my woman, and I'll decide to let you know if I want to be a woman and tell you you're my man. All right, then. Boom. Boom. 
You have anything else to say, Mr. Whitfield? Mm-mm, Mr. I'm Whitfield. A, I'm all talked out. Oh, wonderful. I, I done said all I had to say. Amen. I done talked and I done talked until I'm cut this tired of talking. <laughs> <laughs> Paula, you had to talk about this event that I was unable to attend, but you said it was wonderful, yes, right? Yes, it was like super amazing. It was Makasa um, Charles oh, event yes. at the Slover Library mm-hmm. in Norfolk, Virginia. Um, it was the Metallic Fashion Gala. Mm-hmm. I got a special invite. It was Awesome. awesome. Hats off to her. I just definitely wanted to give her a shout out. Her, um, Patricia Roundtree and Ron Cook, who I Ron met for Cook, the first yeah. time. The designers wow. were amazing. Had one young lady from DC. Her mm. outfits were banging. Are the pictures out yet? Yeah, the pictures are out. Um, Rick clip. Lamar was um, had a oh, line. He was in there. There. Yeah, he oh, was there. Wow. had a line. I had an opportunity to see his work in person. Um, okay. Enjoyed it. I really, really enjoyed that. You show. know what I really want? I want a nice male designer. I always see, you know, their guys. You know, it's Fashion Week for Men this week. Yeah, that starts tonight. It starts tonight. Is it tonight? It yeah. starts tonight. You need because, to get some special um, invites, Laquan, Patricia. Mm-hmm. He was going to co host tonight, but he mm-hmm. said that, yeah. he, that the event is tonight. Yeah. yeah. So, so like, you know, I love fashion. Yeah. I'm, I'm let's rich, talk I, fashion, yeah, yeah, let's talk fashion. Yeah, we're getting ready to do it up again pretty soon. So I'm like, looking forward to it. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right. Did you have anything that you wanted to say? Yes, I'm coming out with a new line Thank of house you so dresses. Much. <laughs> <laughs> he said house dresses. I Crazy. I can't. Thank both of y'all for coming on the show. <laughs> Never a dull moment. Um, Not with us. Especially you, um, Paula, for coming out. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and you too, Mr. My. Whitfield. I appreciate it. Um, again, graduation <laughs> and my birthday. I'm taking Woo-hoo. gifts. You can send them to the school. <laughs> I take yes. money. Um Graduating May 6th and my birthday May 6th. Yeah, we're having a party. We're going to be partying it up. I hope we do something because I have not, like, I have not been excited. I thought we were supposed to be going dancing. We're supposed to be going out partying. We were supposed to have the event. Well, you know. talked about going to New York. New York. I haven't thought, you know. I think we should. I still don't know. I'm graduating. I don't even know. You should go. We should hang out at the main. I went there on Saturday. I had an amazing time. At the what? The main. The main. 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 Yeah. Yeah, I had a really good time. All right. Okay. Yeah, we'll talk about this after that. Yeah. Everybody, thank you for tuning in, especially Chris and Alicia for sending us those comments. We appreciate you so much. Until next week, everybody, be blessed. Thank you for listening to Let's Face It with Will Strayhorn and Friends. Please be sure to visit us on the web at letsfaceitradio.com and at Let's Face It Radio on Facebook for the latest in show information and exciting, innovating ways that you can be a part of the show. So tune in next week, same place, same time, for real people, real topics, real talk. Let's face it. Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie, it's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, this is pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. What's in store for your business this week at Staples? 
Cases and cases of confidence. Staples can help give you the confidence that your business is ready for the year ahead with all the supplies you need. Like paper. And right now, when you buy a 10-ream case of Staples multi-purpose paper, you get one free. So you can be confident you're ready for whatever business comes your way. Buy one case of Staples multi-purpose paper, get one free. Now at Staples, where there's a whole lot in store. In-store only, limit 10. Valid through 1519. 